that is the fake spike podcast the beautiful sounds of zebra head fading away what's going on vort we got a game to talk about finally finally a regular season game i actually made some fairly extensive notes there was a lot of things that i wanted to discuss with you uh not in depth but at least uh, a few things we definitely wanted to touch on and obviously get your input as well but before i hear anything from you i i just want to start off by being crystal clear Salah for me gets an A and the only reason he doesn't get an A plus is because we took a loss if you disagree you can suck my dick that was everything (laughs) that's a hill I'm willing to die on I got so many questions answered in week one it was like a Christmas present Uh, the biggest thing to me I always uh, for the past couple of weeks I was harping to you I want to see what the Jets will do when they're losing at the half Half halftime adjustments halftime adjustments I want to see if this guy can do it well First half, we lost 16 nothing. We looked every bit of being a young team filled with rookies, filled with inexperience. Second half, we come out. We won the second half 14-3, still t- uh, lost the game, but looked like a completely different team. I just wanted to put that out there. As far as coaching in this game, it was, it was Christmas for me. It was everything that I wanted to see, everything that I needed to see. Jump in. Let me know what you, th- what you thought of the game kind of as a whole. Uh, what, what, was, yeah, what were your I'm, big I'm, takeaways? I will I will uh, address the the Robert Sala thing. I was impressed as well. Um, you know, my, my initial impressions, and I even took some notes. My initial impressions were that this is the same old shit because here we are with bad penalties and and stupid play, and it's it's just the same old stuff. But I I got past it because it's the first game of the first week of the first season of this guy's career, both the quarterback, the coach, and half the team. I mean, the Jets. They said on the broadcast the Jets have thirteen rookies on their team, which is youngest outrageous. team in the, the youngest, I heard youngest that. I team in the it. league. Yeah, exactly. So I I, I thought I but. I let all of that go, especially in the second half when they looked like a different team. And for the first time since I can remember, I don't remember the last time the Jets made adjustments. I really don't. Uh, for the first time, I can remember the Jets made some adjustments and over. And, and obviously, it wasn't enough to overcome the you know score, but they they got past all of the things that haunted them in the first half. The, 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 you know, the secondary played better. The, the offensive line played better. The quarterback played better. Everything looked much better. And the Jets actually looked like an NFL team in the second half, which is very encouraging to me. So I, I, I agree with you fully. And even if I didn't, I'm not sucking your dick. So just forget it. <laughs> I, got, I got animated on that one. I, I was just so happy. It was second half to me was, uh, it was the beginning of a slow death watching the Jets crumble without making any adjustments as the other team did. And we slowly but surely watched the Jets fall apart. And it's been happening season after season after season. This was the complete opposite. The first half was everything we could have expected and hoped to avoid is how I kind of looked at it at halftime. It was everything we realistically could have expected but hoped wouldn't happen. We looked every bit like a young team, a little shell-shocked, definitely inexperienced. Uh, First live speed game, and it showed and to come out of the after half, <clears throat> and it was, um, I, I even, I touched base with you during halftime because both of us said, of course, this is happening. Darnold is looking like Joe Montana, uh, throwing the ball, running, uh, running in for a touchdown, just tearing the Jets a new asshole every which way imaginable. And it was just going to get ugly. And instead, the second half was the Jets showed they had fight. They showed their teeth. Our quarterback threw for two touchdowns, which looking at the stat line, and I actually wrote a lot of stats, uh, again, just because I wanted to kind of get your feedback on it. But 
quarterback line for our guy, Zach Wilson. 20 for 37, 258 yards, two touchdowns, one INT. Again, the game wasn't as close. Uh, he threw a lot, uh, made some rookie mistakes, but overall, not a bad line um, for your first career start. And Sam Darnold, 24 of 35, 279 yards. I think 240 of those came in the first half. One touchdown, one rushing touchdown. But again, he did not look like the same guy in the second half. What was your quarterback takeaway from the game? Well, Wilson, well, my quarterback takeaway from Wilson was that his he was everything that was advertised as far as mobility and, and the arm. I mean, that arm, man, those couple of throws he made on the run were bullets. And the, the first throw he made, on the run was a pass that was a little bit over Corey Davis's head. It was a little behind Corey Davis and he had to reach up and didn't, didn't make the catch, but to be on the run and throw that ball on such a line, I was like, wow, this kid really does have a gun. And then, you know, the play that pissed me off the first time I legitimately got pissed off was Elijah Moore, his first, uh, first, um, target, you know, Wilson again, scrambling, which he did the entire first half threw the ball (laughs) 50 yards down the field and it hit the guy in the gut. I mean, it was a yep. perfect throw yep, right through his arms, hit him in the gut. And I, and I remember saying out loud, I hope he fucking took the wind out of him, you know, he's a freaking <laughs> asshole. And, and I even posted that on Facebook. I said, that bastard, you know, felt, went through his arms. I hope it took the wind out of him. So Zach Wilson showed a lot of promise. And, and if he, if his brain and his smarts are as good as, as advertised, then there's a lot to be excited about. Sam Darnold did not impress me. I don't care how good he looked in the first half. The Jets are a young team. They're a rookie team. He's got weapons now. You would expect him to do what he did. He, he took advantage. You know, that one pass to, to Robbie Anderson, big freaking deal. I could have thrown that ball and, and hit Anderson. It was He was wide open. The safety blew the coverage. The rest of the time, Sam Darnold was being Sam Darnold. He, he fumbled the ball on the three-yard line and saved us from an even worse beating. He was missing receivers, <laughs> wide open receivers all day. For me, Sam Darnold was more of the same. He just a little bit better because he's got a better team around him. He's got a weapon. And most of those yards, let's be honest, most of those yards, exactly what we both said would happen is he dumped it off to McCaffrey most of the time, with the yep. exception of a few different passes. Darnold dumped the ball off to McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey had like 12 catches or something like that. He had eight before the half. I'm going to look right now. Uh, so I have it all written down. McCaffrey had nine catches for 89 yards, 21 ca- carries for 98. So he ended up with 30 touches for 187 yards, which is what you expect from that team. If McCaffrey is healthy. He carried them through and through on the ground and through the air. Um, I want to jump in before the thought slips my mind. What you just brought up about Zach Wilson was one of the biggest things that really impressed me. I knew about the arm. I was very pleased reading all the reports. That the brain is there. The desire to get better is all there. What I loved is the play broke down so many times he didn't look to run which is very common for rookie quarterbacks he stayed behind the line of scrimmage keeping the play alive so he was very shifty getting out of the pocket when he needed to it didn't seem like he had overly happy feet uh scrambling after one read but i absolutely loved how shifty he was um getting out of the pocket getting out of trouble keeping the play alive and his throws on the run proved his arm is an absolute cannon so that was as soon as you mentioned his ability to keep the play alive, it was something that definitely stood out for me for game one. And that's a good point. I, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but he did. Uh, there were a couple of times he stayed in the pocket too long. I mean, he he, he stayed in there too long on, on a, one of the sacks he had. It was just like, come on, dude, throw the ball away. You got to learn to throw the ball away. But 
the you're right. The plays where he showed off his mobility and ran off to the side and made those throws, those were plays that broke down and a guy was in his face and you're like, okay, he's done. That's a sack. And somehow he managed to elude it. So you're absolutely right. I had not thought of it that way, but he did not just look to run because the because the pocket was collapsing immediately running. So so very, very good call on your part. I hadn't I hadn't really um you know, I hadn't really kind of theorized that out the same way, but that's that's a great point. Um, as, as far as a few broad strokes from the game, obviously for me, the Panthers MVP was Christian McCaffrey. Uh, we both said that. 30 so. touches. Uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, big play Robbie. He doesn't get a lot of catches, but he certainly makes him count. Had one catch, but 57-yard touchdown bomb. He reminds me of Deshaun Jackson. He doesn't need touches, but when he he's that guy that just one touch can be a game-changing play. So uh, he did it again. Uh, nothing about the Panthers made me say, wow, not not McCaffrey, not Anderson, not Darnold for the exact same reason they were that you mentioned. They were playing the youngest, most inexperienced team in the league. And uh, it, it wasn't a shellacking. It was a game. So uh, just, uh, you know, I give them props. They won. They, they handled their business. But uh, McCaffrey stood out. Nobody else really did to me. Right. Well, I was going to say, you said, you know, not McCaffrey, not Darnold, not anything. I think McCaffrey stood out. He was everything that was advertised. I, I am not impressed with Darnold. And I don't, you know, I, I really don't care what any any of these idiotic Jet fans who get, who get jump up and say, oh, see, we shouldn't have traded Darnold. He looked good. He did not look that good. He didn't look bad, but he didn't look that good. If Darnold, if you switch places... And, and uh, granted, Wilson's a rookie, but if you switch places, I guarantee you Wilson would have had a better game and Donald would have had four turnovers. There's no question in my mind with that line. We've seen it. When Donald, when Donald had that line that, that would break down, he, he was throwing the ball to the other team on a line. It was like he was giving it to them. So. If Donald didn't do what Donald did this week, Panthers would have had a very quick red flag on their hands. Like, what the hell did they get ourselves into? So th- those flags might might be going up already but the fact that he got a w you know you can kind of mask yeah, it for another I'm, week right um, but he, he didn't look bad i'm not taking no, anything no. away from him i just don't think he looked great he looked no he, he should have like looked a serviceable he was quarterback. playing a team that uh, he should have shredded that team he should have and he did yeah but then but then the jets made the adjustments and donald wasn't able to overcome it so look yeah. at that i mean the jets jets actually had the ball with a chance to to be back in the game late in the game and and you know i mean they, they didn't get it done but uh, Darnold, it's not like Darnold took them and, and put the Jets away when he could have. He didn't. He, it's it's all bullshit. All right, before we move on, let's let's go back to our predictions and see how close we were. Um, if you have all the stats written down, I'll rely on you. Okay, I had predicted that Darnold would be 17 for 26. Obviously, I underestimated how much he would throw. For 262 with two touchdowns, an interception, and 71 yards on the ground. What did he actually end up with? So he ended up with the 279 yards total, only one rushing yard, which ended up being a touchdown, one through the air. So two total touchdowns, no INTs, but God damn, how close were you on the yardage? That was absolutely incredible. How many many times did he throw the ball? Uh, He ended up airing it out 35 times with 24 completions. Yeah, see, I had him at seven at um, twenty-six throws, so he actually had a lesser game. I I thought I, I gave him too much credit. Okay, you had him. 19 of 28, so you were you were you had him at more pass attempts, which works. Uh, 220 to 230, so um, 220 to 230, so we'll call it 225. Two touchdowns, one interception, and 20 to 30 on the ground. So we um you know we were both we were both a little off. But uh, I'm curious because I thought I did not write it down. What did we have for our boy Zach Wilson? Okay, for Wilson, I had 14 of 21 with 192, one touchdown, one interception, and 29 yards on the ground. What did he end up with? Um, 
20 of 37, 258 yards, and shockingly never officially recorded the run. Uh, So it was 20 of 37, 258, two touchdowns, one INT. Interesting. Okay, you had him at 13 of 24 for 190, one touchdown, two interceptions, and 65 to 70 yards on the ground. So we both completely... We we both completely underestimated him and didn't give him enough credit. Yeah, and that was a tale of two halves for him as well. He looked every bit mm-hmm. the rookie quarterback in the first half, and he looked like a guy that can hang and made progress in the, the second half. Who was um, who was your MVP for the Jets? Again, I have some stats here, but the, off the top of your mind, uh, who really stood out for you on the Jets? Um. I am not going to give it to an individual player. I'm actually, believe it or not, even though that one big bomb, I'm going to give it to the secondary. The secondary, not because they were so great. I mean, they were they were they were good. They were average. They you know, but they they made a lot of, especially in the first half, they made a lot of open field tackles that could have been much bigger plays. They didn't give up any really big plays when you consider the fact that the the Robbie Anderson touchdown was was a safe a blown coverage by the safety, not the, not the corner. And they're young, inexperienced, and none of these guys were were even remotely, you know, first, second, third round picks. They were all a bunch of nobody, nobodies and rookies. So I'm I'm going to give the the secondary the MVP because I don't think anyone else stood out. I could be obvious and go Wilson, but I, I don't think uh, you know I don't I don't think I was ready to do that in that game. How about yourself? That's a great mention. I uh, I was very very weary of the, our defensive backfield, and uh, like you, I felt that they did a very honorable job. So. Uh, I like that you're shouting out some props to them. For me, it was uh, our big free agent addition, Corey Davis, because I want our quarterback. One of the biggest gripes you and me had is every time the Jets went with a young quarterback, they failed to give him protection via the offensive line and weapons. Uh, obviously, we were hoping that the Mims is going to take a big step forward in year two. That didn't happen to me. He was the dud of the team this week. One catch for 40 yards. It was a big catch, but at the same time, towards the end of the game, he was pretty much invisible. Uh, we need more from him. He's a big guy. Uh, but Corey Davis was everything I could hope for from a young quarterback. Ended up with five catches for 97 yards, two touchdowns. Big guy, young guy, uh, apparently knows how to get open and uh, proves he can make plays deep. He can make plays not so deep. And this was without uh, Crowder, who's supposed to be coming back. And I, the more I watched Corey Davis play, the more I like how I believe his game is going to fit with Crowder. But that also was a little bit of a bittersweet realization because there's this guy on the Jets who is very underappreciated, but he keeps standing out to me. I kind of noticed him late last season, and he continues to do it now. And that's Brandon Berrios. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's. I he's want good. him to have a role on the team. He had five catches for 51 yards, but he can return kicks. He should not be a forgotten man, which I worry he will be as soon as Crowder comes back. He's going to bump Berrios. But I think the team really should look for a role for that guy that guy should be getting three to five touches because his speed is just it's that explosive speed which uh, which is where the nfl is trending i'm a fan of his i hope he'll still be i hope he still gets to see the some reps with the first team even when crowder comes back but the the receivers were my main focus with the davis and barrios hats off to them great game and mims was my dud of the week for the jets yeah, yeah, Mims is a tough one because apparently he was buried on the depth chart in training camp because he was sick. Apparently he, he was ill. 
So he didn't get a lot in and he was weak and whatever else. So they, they essentially had him practicing with the second or third team. He never practiced with the first team. They didn't put him in at all. I don't, I don't think he had any snaps. It's not like he just, he disappeared. They didn't put him in and he gets in there, catches a 40 yard bomb. He almost takes it to the end zone. So uh, I, I, I am actually going to respectfully disagree that he was a dud and say maybe a disappointment, but I can't call him a dud if they didn't put him in and he did produce on the one pass he got. Uh, I am going to leave the jury out on him because apparently, um, you know, he, he he has been recovering from something. I don't know what, but I'll give him a couple of weeks to get his sea legs under him, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, receivers did look good. I like Corey Davis. Uh, you know, he was a number three or five or whatever it was overall pick a few years ago, and uh, I would tend to think a guy like that is more of a speedster. He's, he's got all the earmarks of a really big-time possession receiver, which is great. The Jets can use that, but... Um, you know, I, I was kind of surprised that he's not more of a burner, but you know, you know, maybe that was just that one game, and that's what it turned into. We'll see what happens. But I would, I would normally expect a guy, a receiver taken in the first few picks, not to be, you know, a, a, a station to station possession receiver. But we'll see what happens. Hey, as long as he makes plays, as long as he uses his big body shit, and yeah. uh, comes down <laughs> with the ball, I'll take it. Um, but I do also want to say that obviously I understand your point as well and what I'm saying about uh, whether it's a dud, whether it's a MVP, I go for it strictly week by week basis. It's not like I'm writing off right. uh, Mims as a, as a bust, as a shouldn't see the field. It's just for me this week, I just maybe I'm, he's the victim of my overhype. I expected him to take a leap and kind of just seeing him limited to uh, – Performance again, performance based on not seeing live snaps, but obviously that's uh, the coaches knew something we didn't and didn't feel he was ready to contribute. So that was disappointing on that front. Hopefully this week I'll be talking about him as the MVP who turned it around in a in a matter of a week. That's fair. That is a fair point. You know, you, you uh, as as Parcells would say, you are what your record says you are. You know, and uh, you know, Denzel Mims has not has not had a good record thus far, so I probably shouldn't make excuses for him. I, I did want to point out that uh, I was impressed with the one play he made and the only opportunity he got, and that was that was really it. So, um, but you know, you 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 absolutely have a valid point in that if he's not going to produce, it's not going to matter whether it's because he was sick, uh, had you know had had syphilis, gonorrhea, or <laughs> uh, you know, or a head cold. It doesn't really matter. You know? <laughs> and but um, um the yeah, only so, other thing I have on my yeah. end, if I may, uh, is yeah, obviously I wouldn't be a dark sider who you brought up nice and well if I didn't take a negative away from this game. And to me, the offensive line on two fronts, one losing Beckton was just um uh, I don't want to use this word in week one, but it's devastating. This is the one guy that you could have kind of penciled in as this is gonna be the linchpin of that offensive line. So losing him for multiple games who knows hopefully if not this season definitely an extended absence was disappointing but overall the offensive line looked terrible once again they got absolutely zero push running game was non-existent our leading rusher was uh tevin coleman with nine carries for 24 yards and panthers defense got six sacks that's not going to give a lot of confidence to a young quarterback so that was the dark sider in me i thought the offensive line absolutely underperformed and uh, that's the biggest point of concern after the first game yeah and it's kind of scary that the offensive line looked good in the second half without him i mean that that is very scary also scary that he's so huge and these really really big guys a lot of the times a lot of the time cannot stay healthy 
And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case, but this is his third year and he's you know, the third year where he's injured. And this, this was a tough one. And it's funny that you say that you brought him up because one of the final notes I have is that they, they look terrible little game. They finally looking good on offense. I finally get excited. And three seconds later, it's cut short because I can't, I can't even enjoy the touchdown celebration because, you know, our, our, our star offensive lineman who as you said happened on Zach Wilson's first career touchdown pass that's right he should have been celebrating and dancing and instead we were ripping the whatever is left of our hair I know yeah. it's. It, I, I'm sitting there like, oh my god, that was a great play. He, you know, he the the play broke down. <laughs> he scrambled. He throws the ball into the end zone, and then they flash to this guy rolling around crying. I mean, he was crying. And so that, that, I mean, I, I couldn't even enjoy the touchdown. And and it's kind of it's kind of mean for me to say, damn it, damn you, Mecky Beckton. I couldn't enjoy the touchdown because of you. But you know, it is it is typical Jets stuff. I, you can't make it up with the Jets. At least we got another touchdown we were able to enjoy. Uh, yep. Let me see what else I have here for, for notes. Sorry, God. Oh, the punter. Let's let's talk about the kicker who, um, who, who did a nice job. <laughs> Whoa. Talk about an unsung hero, Rob. Thank yeah. you for bringing it up. I completely, completely ignored that fact. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because that is an unsung hero right there. Stepped up. Absolutely did the job. God bless him. Save the day. Yeah, he did. However, he did not ever have to do anything like like punter like. You know what I mean? Most of his punts were early in the game where he was just he just had to boom it. And yeah, great. He did boom it. I will give him all the credit. But uh, for those Jet fans out there screaming that we have our punter and he can do both, no, he can't. No, he has not. No. He has, yeah, he has not tried to punt from the 40 to pin the team deep yet he has not tried to kick into a heavy wind he has not tried to do any of that he had uh, several punts where they were on their own side of the field and he all he needed to do was kick it as far as he could now that said the special teams was very good none of those punts went anywhere either you know they they they, they got no yards on any of them and that's 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 a big thing we can have good special teams we're going to be in good shape that's the that's the typical life of being a Jeff fan one good game and he's the messiah I agree with you a hundred percent. What we found out is, in the worst case scenario, we have somebody capable to step in. We don't have an all pro, we don't have a pro bowler, but we do have somebody on the roster who can who can be capable in the worst case scenario to step in and get the job done. That that's a good feeling. Uh, but the, my God, stop with the talk! Yeah, it, it's exactly what yeah. you said. The guy didn't have to. He didn't have to be a punter. He had to have a strong leg and get a good hold of the ball and hope that he doesn't out out kick the coverage he did that as good as you can hope for he boomed it the, the coverage did their team but stop let's leave it at that let's be thankful he did an admirable job let's not start talking about him being our kicker and punter <laughs> they're already doing it and you already have people saying stupid things like it was a mistake to let donald go he looked better than wilson well no shit he looked better than wilson he was <laughs> he's in his fourth year he's actually got an offensive line he's got the best weapon in the league and he was going against a freaking team full of rookies i mean what did you expect so on the other side the, the guy he was going against was a rookie had no offensive protection at all had no game and had never played a game a down in the end had, you know they said Jack, zach wilson had never even been to an nfl game that was his first live nfl game ever as a spectator or anything else which i mean come on and and even then you could make the argument that zach wilson was comparable to sam donald so anybody you know, any of these freaking idiots who are saying we made a mistake because donald looked better than wilson is just the, the most dumbest most short-sighted idiot on the planet and i'm 
freaking done with those people. It's it's a statement we've come to expect. It's ignorance. It's stupidity. It's people who can only understand a win or a loss. Oh, a win. He must be better. It's it's just it's so stupid. It's such simpleton thinking that I can't even argue with it because those people don't want to hear it. They'll just keep saying, "But he won the game. He won the game." It's when I actually rationally and slowly think back about the game, I'm sort of shocked that the Panthers didn't put up 25 plus points on the Jets because you have the league MVP, arguably the best player, if not one, then one of the top three, definitely one of the top five players in the entire league. He does it all. He's the Swiss Army knife. He makes any quarterback manageable and better. You, you're going against a team filled with rookies. You're going against the youngest team in the NFL. After a short preseason for the first time in NFL history, you have a fantastic first half where all you have to do is in the second half, just you're already stepping in their throat. Now you've got to put, apply a little pressure and they go unconscious. And instead it becomes a game. Where's the justification that Darnold was this killer if 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 you and me are sitting here and talking about the panthers winning 32 9 32 12 35 14 fine fine i'm still not agreeing with those people but go ahead dance on my grave uh, i don't have too yeah. much to, to talk fun, back right. about exactly. we'll take my licks but the, this is nonsense it's utter nonsense to me Yep. If you take a step back and actually break it down like you just did, and it's funny you brought that up because I was gonna I was gonna do exactly that, is Darnold had sixteen points in the first half and he fumbled on the three. You know, they could have they could have had more. So technically they could have been up by by three touchdowns in the first half. Second half, they come out, get completely outplayed, don't even have the ability to put up any more points. I mean, what did they put up? A field goal in the second half towards well, I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, 14 the Jets won in the second yeah. half. Right. So so if you're going to try and sit there and tell me that Donald is that much better, then the least he could have done was blow the Jets out because they were blowing the Jets out. And I remember saying to myself, I, I think I put it on Facebook as well, that the Jets right now are on a precipice. They are either they they, they are dangerously close to getting absolutely blown out of this game. Yep. Uh, let's see what they can do. And, and you know, to their credit, they came they came out and, and looked much better and did not get blown out. But there was a point there where everything was going wrong. Everything, you know, that like. Like the, the defense started getting tired and Donald was hitting some receivers and they were running up and down the field on the Jets and, and Wilson was running for his life. And it, it, there was a point where the, the Panthers could have really opened it up and the Jets didn't allow them to. And you know what? I don't care if you want to say that's not the quarterback's fault. Shame on Donald for, as you said, not stepping on their throat. He's a perfect ex-Jet because that's what the Jets don't do. The, yeah. Jets, the Jets in the Panthers' position probably would have blown that game, but you know the Jets of today are not in a position to make the Panthers blow it, but the Panthers did nothing to, to, you know, put that game away when they could have. And that's, you know, that's on your quarterback's shoulders a lot of the time. To me, it was very simple. Up 16, nothing. You come out, you score a touchdown, you go up 23, nothing. It's game over. It's, it's a shellacking. And instead, again, we're talking Jets, the young, inexperienced Jets who were bewildered, shocked and embarrassed in the first half. I would play you in every possible way after the offensive line, no running game, rookie quarterback who is now forced to throw because you're playing from behind, and the Jets win the second half 14-3. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to take away a lot of positives from this game. The, uh, the lack of the running game, the, the continued issues with the offensive line, but there was a lot to be happy about. And the biggest thing is it's not just the halftime adjustments, which already to me were just an absolute 
joy to see is the fact that it was the youngest team in the NFL. There was every reason to fold this week was there. We got off to a slow start. We're being outplayed. We have no points. We have a turnover. There was a million reasons to grab onto and say, yep, got our asses kicked. Move, let's move on to the next week. No, th- th- that wasn't the same old Jets. They came out. They had one agenda in front of them. Keep playing hard. Keep hustling. It's a goddamn game. Let's see what we can do. And they turned it into a game. The other thing that, that I wanted to point out, which, of course, flitted out of my mind that I can't remember offhand. Now. Oh, yeah, I remember. So all of the things you said make total sense. And I want to add to it in, in that there was, you, you mentioned that there was a shortened preseason. You mentioned that they're a young team. You mentioned this. You mentioned that. For the past few years, the, the trend has been that the NFL the NFL does not play their stars in the, in the preseason. So the first three or four games of the year are generally the quote-unquote preseason. And most teams don't get things together or gel at all until you know late September, early October, that week three, week four, week five area. Now, you take that this year and... There's an extra game, which is gonna it's just gonna wreak havoc on things to begin with. But there was one less preseason game, and they're playing even less. You know, like Zach Wilson played a bit, but you know some of the other guys on his team didn't play at all. So you're gonna have to give this team a little time to gel. And I don't want to be like all Mister Rosy eyed, optimistic guy, but that second half showed that they're capable of making adjustments. And if they can play together a little bit and gel, then maybe they can make some noise. I mean, they're not gonna be a winning team. I'm, I'm not gonna expect that, but. Maybe they can give us what we wanted and what we asked for, which is to be in every game, to be competitive, to be fundamentally sound. It's a little too much to ask for that in the first game when there hasn't been a preseason from a team that is so young with a coaching staff that hasn't been there, you know, new system, new everything, new, new everything top to bottom. So there is reason for optimism. And I think we should give this a few weeks before we start making any final judgments on anything good or bad. I'm absolutely with you. It's uh, We're now watching an extended preseason, and guys are just getting their timing down. So three, four games, and then we can really get, start getting a feel for what we're about. Yep, and the schedule is pretty tough, too. I looked at the schedule. Let me see. Let me pull it back up. But you know, we got the Patriots this week. We got, I think, uh, you know Tennessee in the next couple of weeks, Denver. I mean, we, we've got a pretty freaking tough schedule. So I don't know where a lot of the wins are coming from now. If the Jets are going to win, uh, they're going to earn it because – you know, I don't care. Uh, let's see. Patriots, Broncos, Titans, uh, at Falcons, which is a winnable game, at Patriots, Bengals, Colts, Bills, Dolphins, Texans. So, you know, there's, there's not a lot of obvious winning games there. You know, there's not, you know, I'm going to there's always there. the ones that sneak up on you. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they're made of. I'm going to be there at the Titans game. Uh, I will give you a little oh, sneak right. peek and don't ask me to get you're not getting another word out of me, but just a sneak preview. Make sure to tune in to our week two prediction show. I am picking a Jets win. I will just put that out there. I'm not going <laughs> to go into the score and the details and the, the quarterback projections, but I'm going to go in, all in early in the week. The Jets are going to win their week two matchup against the Patriots. Okay. There you go. I mean, listen, I love it. I love it. When uh, when does Mr. Vortman want to do that prediction show? Because now you got me old. You got the, you got the, the appetite all wet, you know? Uh, tomorrow's Wednesday. Maybe we'll give it a day and uh, do something Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, depending on your availability. But those three days definitely work for me. Nice. Right. So there you go. Um, Thursday. Let's see. I forget. But I oh no, Thursday I might not be okay. Um, Friday, Saturday, definitely possibilities. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get it done one way or another. It's a preview show coming up this week. Awesome. 
Looking forward to it as always. Good catching up with you, my man. My man, have a good one. Work. Take care. You too.